Hi, it's Society Owes Me, a Gen X podcast. The pod where we go A to X through grunge, indie, alt-rock, pop, movies, soundtracks, TV and general generation catalan. Oh goodness. Let me take you back to August the 14th, 1993. Picture the scene. We are on the Sunset Strip in West Hollywood, California. Where are we, Lily? I'll tell you, Hannah. <laughs> We're in California. <laughs> no, not really. We're in the Viper Room. We are in Johnny Depp's brand new little club. I mean, it's not brand new. It's, it's got a lot of history before that. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about the history, Lily? It was a grocery store. Over to you. <laughs> Please continue with this. Well, Odyssey. yes, you're right. It was originally a grocery store. In fact, from 19 to 1921 into the 1940s, um, uh, it was a grocer's and then it became a nightclub called the Cotton Club and then it became the Greenwich Village Inn and then it became the Rue Angel and then during the 1940s it was the last call then it was the Melody Maker no the Melody Lounge Bar and in 1969 it became Filthy McNasty's what a lovely name for a club isn't it just uh, I think there's like some uh, some Canadian burger chain or something that's, that's also called Filthy McNasty's I don't um, like that name at all. I don't like it. I don't like what it's evoking in my brain. Yeah, well, I think the yeah, Viper Room evokes sort of similar kind of things in my brain. Really? Oh, I think it's well cool. Oh, very cool. We will get into that. Um, but I believe the Viper Room named itself after some like pot smoking jazz musicians. And in the 80s, it was a jazz club called The Central. Um, and that was that was in danger of shutting down. Um, uh, and then Chuck E. Weiss, uh, who performed Weiss, I'm not sure, begins with a W. Um, he performed there for for years when it was a jazz club, and he's the guy that suggested to Johnny Depp that he take it on and rename it the Viper Room. So that's where we are with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers opening it up on that night in August. Very cool. So according to Setlist FM, Evan Dando and Maria McKee were. All were there as well. I don't know if they performed on stage or if they were just, you know, in the in the audience. Um, oh yeah, who was working bar? Or was that not that night? Not yet, not yet. As far as I know. Um, okay, so I've basically gone through all the info on Setlist FM uh, about everyone that appeared there in the 90s. So I'm kind of going to go chronologically. You're going to chip in. Go for it. Um, I feel like there might be a lot of gaps, but according to Satist FM, um, on September the 2nd, 1993, these guys played. No, <laughs> not my faves. <laughs> so yeah, apparently they opened with Animal. And they played once, even throw, even flow, rockin'. Uh, this, State of Love and Trust, and uh, Reduce of the Dead Boys cover. Wait, we're talking about Pearl Jam again for three weeks in a row. <laughs> Well, yeah, I realise think we really like them or something. I realise we haven't been doing our links, but I mean they've been so self-explanatory in, in recent in recent weeks that yeah, making me think about next week. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my gosh, this episode is going to be rich with links. Um, anything you want to chip in with yet? Not so far. Wait till we get to December. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry, Pearl Jam. Like, no. I feel like... I feel like we, we never uh, listen to Pearl Jam anymore, Hannah. I really do. Okay. All right, we'll, we'll play a little bit more then. Whilst I tell you about who played on October the 30th, 1993. Oh. This is going to get sad, isn't it? Not yet. Not yet. What it was a band called P. Have you heard of P, Lily? I have. 
I'm a bit partial to their track, Michael Stein. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so this was written by Bill Carter, Gibby Haynes, Johnny Depp, Salvatore Amjengo, um, and it came out on Caroline Records. And do you know who Bill Carter is? Because, I don't know, I don't know who Gibby Haynes is. He's on the butthole surface. You're going to tell me who Bill Carter is? No, I really couldn't find out. I can tell you that Salvatore, Salvatore Jenko is the, uh, is, is the co-owner with Johnny Depp um, at that moment in time of the club and was also in uh, 21 Jump Street with him. Yes, apparently they uh, shared a um, 67 Impala in Florida back in the day. Oh. They're living in it. <laughs> Not nice. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like we just need to um, listen to this song for a bit because it's a gem. It is. I mean, no prizes for guessing why you like it, but <laughs> ticks all the boxes for Hannah. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of that um, the pavement song as well that's on the uh, on the No Alternative album. The uh, I, that, it reminded me very yeah, much yeah, of that yeah. as well. Um, speaking of Johnny, so you know everyone knows him as a big Hollywood actor, but he's um, has been quoted as saying that music was his first love and acting was just purely an incidental factor that he fell into uh, to make some money so he could play guitar and whatnot. A total wannabe rock star. Well, he looks like a rock star, really. It just happens that he's a better actor than he is a musician, maybe. I mean, well, when you got that much money, if you're really that amazing, I feel like maybe that could have eclipsed it. I mean, look at Kylie. I mean, <clears throat> not that I'm a fan, but she clearly apparently is better in, in the music industry than she was as an actress. Which I think is unfair because I thought she was good in delinquents. I'm not sure how much money the the Viper Room ever made from him, though, to be honest. No, but I just mean like if he was so shit hot as a musician, oh, I yeah, feel like yeah. you know he could have made it. Especially yeah, with all these rock star friends. He doesn't need to, of course, because he's rich as fuck. Well, then he wasn't, but now he's back on top again. Um, but anyway, he um, alleges um, he, no, she's, his mum is, is dead now but um, his mum Bessie Sue apparently beat the crap out of all of them whether they did anything or not that's a quote from him I'm not you know, saying anything about her allegedly allegedly um, but uh, only that he uh, dropped out at 16 to pursue music and moved to LA in 1983 okay so um, I imagine P played the Viper in uh, a few times I've got here that they also played uh, a couple of years later on January the 16th, 1995, uh, when they played a, a them cover, Gloria, um, and they played that particular song with Michael Hutchins, who also has a bit of a history with the Viper Room. He played his last public performance there in November 1997, a week before his death. Yes, I did look into uh, Michael Hutchins, uh, RIP. Do you want to talk about do so I want to talk Michael about Michael Hutchins or, or death? A little bit of I mean, a... We're gonna well, get into both. Pretty, I'm, pretty well, quickly. I was going to I was gonna do both. I was gonna Go do for both. it. Um, did you know, for example, that his uh, grandfather was from uh, England? I did not. was some kind of sea captain or uh, rigging master. Right. He sold from, uh, sailed from Sri Lanka, lived in um, India, and then finally settled in, in um, Australia, which is how come... They ended up there. He um, married in Bradford. Good old Bradford. His dad or Michael Hutchins? Did, did Michael uh, no. Hutchins ever marry? Uh, no, his uh, his grandfather. Okay. His father. 
Um, but um, I had to delve into a little bit of Big Breakfast because obviously I was under the impression that Michael Hutchins had met Paulie Yates on the Big Breakfast bed. And then the Torrid Affair, I don't know if you remember that clip where it was all quite uncomfortable. And yeah. There was lots of undertone. She being obviously married to Bob Geldof That's right, yeah. of, uh, of Live Aid and uh, basically being that. like the, the male Mother Teresa. Um, what I didn't know, or maybe I'd just forgotten because 90s is a long time ago now, that The Big Breakfast was produced by Bob Geldof. That she was still married to Bob, obviously, when she was on the bed with Michael Hutchins, but that Michael Hutchins and her had been having an affair for a good few months already. And that they actually met back in the 90, in the early, mid-80s, when she was doing The Tube with Jules Holland. And she'd apparently said, I'm having that boy, even though she was married to Geldof at the time. So this was way before Kylie and my crisis oh, yeah. then, right? Yeah, yeah, big time before. Um, and uh, apparently management kept repeatedly asking her not to show up at gigs and chase Michael around, but she did anyway. And finally, I guess she... Got a little hooks into him. Uh, well, R.I.P. Paula. R.I.P. Takes two. He Michael wasn't married Kessler, with three kids, and she was. And her husband is the producer of. Still, he her knew. Work. He knew. I'm just saying it takes two to tango. I'm saying poor bloody Bob. Bob, I, I just think he's a that great too. bloke. And uh, anyway, Bob eventually um, got custody of their children because Paula tried to kill herself after Michael Hutchins had died in a hotel in Sydney that she said was, um, must have been autoerotic asphyxiation, mm. that's a hard one to get out, but that um, ultimately coroner said was actually suicide. He wasn't having it. So she then tried to kill herself, failed. Bob got custody of their four kids. She was left with Michael Hutchins's and her child's heavenly Harani Tiger Lily Hutchins. And then subsequently accidentally took a um, uh, heroin overdose in the presence of a four-year-old, which is pretty horrendous. Uh, yeah. But they did say they thought it was accidental. It's just that she had previously been abusing drugs, but she hadn't accidentally for two years. Accidentally no, no, no. She'd she'd been up, she'd been clean for two years. Um, presumably, she tried to kill herself and stuff. She was trying to get her life back on track, and then after two years, she went and took an addict's dose and killed herself. Um, but you know, everyone felt it was like related to the grief, and obviously she'd lost her kids as well, which isn't great. Um, so it's all incredibly, um, incredibly sad. But I think um, after seven years of Bob Geldof fostering um, Tiger Lily, uh, he eventually adopted her, and her name is now Tiger Lily Hutchins Geldof. What answer? Oh well, God. And then 2014, Peaches, the second child. Then oh goes God, yeah, and overdoses on heroin herself with two children in the house, aged I think one and two, yeah, which is um, you know horrendous. And I think they said the same thing: heroin overdose, just accidental, took an addict's dose when she was pretty clean. So horrible, horrible, full circleness. Uh, I mean, I'd like to say let's let's get on to happier things, but uh... <laughs> but no. I left you October the 30th, 1993, <laughs> um, which is oh. Halloween Eve. Uh, and uh, yeah, famously, uh, well, do you want to tell us about what happened that evening? Uh, well, I believe um, he, uh, River Phoenix was there with his girlfriend, Samantha Mathis, and his brother, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, and she said she had a bootload of stuff of his in the car and they were supposed to go back to her place. But he said, oh, some people want me to play tonight. You don't mind, do you? And she was like, well, I do actually mind. But she kind of swallowed it and was like, fine, but let's make it a quick one. 
and then she was like 45 minutes later he was dead so was he in the band as well no he said his friends quote unquote so whoever was playing had asked him to hop up on stage and she she'd said like he was acting strangely she knew he was on something she didn't know what but she was very uncomfortable with it all but he insisted and yeah not long after he um collapsed in the street yeah and so johnny closed the club for a couple of weeks um after that um what's i gonna say oh yeah and of course joaquin awful to see your brother like that he was called leaf at the time and yes. the penny's only dropped fairly recently for me like for ages i was like oh what happened to leaf like you don't hear about leaf anymore it's like oh it's joaquin i thought they were entirely separate people for years Leaf became the butterfly that is Joaquin, or he went back to it. He's originally Joaquin, then he became Leaf, then he went back to his original name. I think that's the. Could do a the whole thing. other pod on the. Uh, I know what you mean though, because like he's in Parenthood, and that was a film I obsessionally watched. My brother and I used to love that movie. We should watch it all the time. Like I can literally quote. <laughs> what it's like, you know, when you watch something that young, you realise that like the woman who's married to Jason Robards in it is Sean Penn's mum. Oh. Jason Robards, who was married to uh, Lauren Bacall, and River Phoenix is in it with Martha Plimpton, who plays Leaf at the time's big sister. Martha Plimpton, who had been in a relationship with River Phoenix since Running on Empty, or Mosquito Coast, actually, I think, originally. Um, that's Martha Plimpton, who's in The Goonies, and it's just like the tentacles, the everywhereness. Of, There's of a spidergram there. It's a, it's a massive spidergram, but this time it's a movie. It's definitely movie related and, and in with the directors and, and all of that good stuff because these are the movies of our childhood. Stand By Me, Parenthood, um, they, they'll come up, you know, Running On Empty, oh my god. I Running On Empty, running on oh my god, you, oh, no. you will love it. But Isn't also, that? Naomi uh, Foner wrote the screenplay, she's Jake Gyllenhaal and Maggie Gyllenhaal's mother. Okay. Um, uh, Judd... Um, Mm. Apatow? No. <laughs> he wasn't born yet, was he? Shit. I'd just gone completely blank, but I'll remember. Dread. <laughs> and, uh, well, the theme tune is James Taylor, Fire and Rain. Oh, who you just saw. Oh, I just literally saw a few hours ago. And, With your uh, dad. And that was really great. And, um, oh, my, my own private Idaho again with Keanu. Oh, wow. Um, sneakers, did you ever watch Sneakers? Robert no. Redford? No. Oh my god, so, so good. It's probably totally dumb because it's it's like got, like, did you ever watch The Net with Sandra Bullock? No. It's like the early infancy of the internet, but it's just the most ridiculous nonsense that has nothing to do with reality. And anyone who knows anything about computers can't watch The Net. A lot of things with Sandra Bullock in are a bit like that. All sneakers, probably. But um, Have you watched um, Oh, talk of Sandra Bullock? Did you know that uh, Johnny Depp was supposed to be in Speed, but he turned it down? Oh, no, I didn't. Thereby leaving the door open for Keanu again. And then I heard, did was it River Phoenix or Johnny Depp that went up for the part of Alex Winter's role in um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? It was one of them, but they didn't get it. I think it might have been. I feel like we've discussed this before. Might have been River Phoenix. Because they were close. They were really good friends. And then, of course, they ended up being in my own private Idaho together. Have you watched The Explorers with uh, with the kids yet? Yes, we did watch it. Did they enjoy it? They did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. Baby, baby river. And then, of course, baby oh, I know what I'm missing out. Cry Baby of 1990. Oh, okay. which Johnny was in. Which, uh, brilliant. Oh, my God. So good. With the crazy cast, Patty Hearst, 
the famous Patty Hearst, granddaughter of Randolph Hearst, the publishing magnate, okay. who was kidnapped and then made to rob a bank with like an AK-47 or something. You need to do a, a whole spin-off series on this stuff. There's so this is Tracy so Lords, the porn actress who Tracy turned out to be working at 15. Manuscript Preachers link there. Big old problems, you know, murky, murky. Uh, Ricky Lake is in that movie. Who's more really? 90s than Ricky Lake? Oh, wow. Yeah, she plays Pepper, Johnny's little sister in it. Iggy Pop is in that movie. What's eating Gilbert Grape? All-star cast. Right, anyway, I think we've we've gone off on a tangent. <laughs> I told you what we were going to. Where were gonna. we? I okay. told you that. Oh, this one's for you. Okay. So this is The Man Who Couldn't Cry, performed by Con- Johnny Cash, who performed at the Viper Room uh, on December the 3rd, 1993, debuting material that would later appear on his American Recordings record that came out in 1994. Um, do you know who originally wrote this song? Sorry, who did you see? So this is Johnny Cash performing it, but he didn't write it. So I was going to say, was this sounds like Johnny Cash, but I didn't think he played there until December. That's what I said, didn't I? December the 3rd, Oh, sorry, are we done with Rivers' bit? Oh, unless you want to carry on. No, I was just going to point out that he was only 23 and he died of a speedball, which is heron and cocaine mixed. Yeah. I can just turn that page now <laughs> in my notes, so I, okay. I have to keep a handle on uh, what's happening here. Uh, uh, yes, Johnny Cash. Uh, yeah, love Johnny Cash. Listened to Johnny Cash loads in the 90s because I had the greatest hits. Don't ask me why, but One Piece at a Time is one of my favourite songs. Well, he had like a massive really. revival in the 90s. Oh, actually, I've got some... Man in Black. I've got some stuff. Um, I need to remember to put that in in a moment. But um, yeah, so his first performance there. Ooh, oh, it's first or only. But yeah, who, who wrote this song is my question to you. Oh, no, I don't know. I don't know this song. You've talked about this man before. Well, it doesn't mean I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you talked about his son before, and you love his son. Do you want Do you want to talk instead about who played him in the movie of his life? <laughs> well, you can talk about that in a minute, but right, I will cool. just I will uh, enlighten you. So this is called "The Man Who Couldn't Cry," and it's by Loudon Wainwright the Third. Loudon. Loudon Wainwright. <laughs> no, I've never uh, heard so this. Go, oh, I've never heard him do. It sounds completely different when he sings it. Yeah, but when God. you listen to the lyrics, it's yeah. But I can't obvious. really. Yeah, listen to it in your own time. It's yeah. fine. I can't, all right. No, well, I, I know the words. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, so that you can tell me about... I'm what telling you tell what you said about him. <laughs> what were you going to tell me about Men in Black? <laughs> I was going to tell you... Nothing. I was going to tell you that Joaquin Phoenix played Johnny in the movie of his life, Walk the Line, directed by James Mangold. Oh, Just of course, yeah. Good link. Know. Good link. And that Joaquin met Johnny before he died, and was and he was amazed when Johnny quoted um, Joaquin's, like, you know, when he was the horrible emperor in uh, Gladiator. He was a real piece of oh, shit. Oh, yeah, he was horrible. Um, and, yeah, he was, like, starstruck. Oh, my God, it's Johnny Cash. And Johnny Cash quoted him back to him from a movie he was in. So he was like, oh, my God, Johnny Cash knows my movies. Okay. Oh, and that, yeah, Johnny Cash loved the fact that he was, he, he thought he was absolutely perfect to play him. Which he is. If you look at pictures of young Johnny, he actually does look quite similar to Joaquin Phoenix. I don't know if I've seen, have I seen What the Line? It's good. It helps if you like the music. If you don't, you might not enjoy it too much. Reese Witherspoon's great in it. I think she won some kind of award for it. She's really I have good. Yes, I have seen it. I've seen it. You know what I'm like, movies. Um, okay, well, so I've got a bit of a linky. Linky then with the next band, I think. Have I? Yes. Okay, so just where are we? Okay, we're still on December the 3rd, 1993. So I've got the buzzcocks <laughs> up. Let's put the buzzcocks on now. So I was like, getting a bit confused. Why, you know, how, how come we're playing on the same day? I think 
what happened was that the Buzzcocks supported Johnny Cash that night, but I could be wrong. However, this is a fantastic song, and um, the Nouvelle Vague version of this featured on my uh, on my wedding mix. Um, but I've also got so I found this article yesterday. Let's find it. It's in the um, uh, it's in the Welsh uh, Morning Herald. Okay, and it talks about how Johnny Cash. Um, basically like his his career was saved by this welsh punk so um he'd been dropped by his record label after 30 years like in the 90s um and then this welsh punk set, stepped in and saved him um so the, the the punk in question was a guy called john langford who was a massive fan of, of johnny cash uh, and saw him in 1998 at a gig at the manchester apollo got backstage and met him um and he told his hero johnny uh, that him, he and some of his friends wanted to record a tribute album to him. Um, so Langford was in a, a band called The Beacons. Um, and some of Johnny's people, in fact, I think it was Johnny's guitarist, told him that he'd been really depressed at the time and was feeling kind of, you know, old and stodgy and irrelevant. So he was really flattered uh, when he was told that, you know, some, some young bucks wanted to uh, make a tribute to him. Movie and stars. Exactly. And, you know, it was a whole new generation of young people out there who... Uh, who were interested in him. So Langford and former Fall, the Fall member, and uh, Shy Horse, uh, Mark Riley, who I met back in the day uh, at my university with Shy Horses, um, put together a compilation called Till Things Are Brighter, a tribute to Johnny Cash in 1998. Uh, so there you go. Uh-huh. That accounts for a bit of uh, his renaissance. It, it do. It do. Uh, okay. Back to... Do you want to hear some more Buzzcocks? Or shall I move on to... I don't know what you got. <laughs> what are we talking? John Frusciante. Mm. So, this is where... I don't know how our will set SFM is again. So, it's got that October the 31st, 1993, John Frusciante paid. Now, I think this has to be wrong, because River died the night before. Right? Well, he died in the early hours of... I heard... So technically thirty-first, so, yeah, and you said they closed afterwards, so it would have to be. Plus, it would correct. have to be friends of, of of River Phoenix to invite him up on stage. So I feel like it must. Be. Well, and I think he's possibly the one that. I'd... Oh, well. allegedly, allegedly. Mm. I didn't say anything. Nobody sue us. I didn't for say your anything. thoughts. I didn't say anything. I'm allegedly your down. thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Um, sorry. Salacious, allegedly. Mm. I didn't say anything. <laughs> Uh, okay, so whether or not he played that night, I don't know. According to Setlist FM, it was his first ever solo show and he only got through Life's a Bath, which is not this, this is a song called Been Insane, because Life's a Bath I can't find on Spotify. But apparently he only got through Life's a Bath before throwing up on stage all over his mate Gibby Haynes with the butthole surface and or pee. Um, so who knows? Yeah, because Flea was recorded for that album as well, didn't he? <sighs> He's a he's on the album, but he's not what, in the band, does he? John Frusciante's P. Oh, oh no, P. The P. Oh, okay, yeah. right. But then uh, I I don't know. Many years, well, like four years later, in 1997, there were a few um, solo live performances by John, like who was in a pretty bad state at the time, and one of them in January 1997, um, Flea and Chad Smith were there as well. Uh, and it doesn't say what songs he, he performed. Oh, no, it did, actually. Yeah, so Untitled Number 9. He's got a bunch of songs called Untitled. 
but a bunch of a bunch of songs from his film uh, from his um from his album Leandra Ledez I think and usually Leandra Ledez and usually just a tea shirt is called I think mm, anyway, maybe you just got to the end of the track and forgot off. what you wanted to call it <laughs> and he covered landslide as well by Fleetwood Mac uh, yeah you got anything on John Boy I don't no okay in that case I think you've mentioned him already haven't you Iggy Pop yes he's in Cry Baby with Johnny Depp so he played March 3rd, 1994, I believe. See, old pals known each other for at least <laughs> five years now. Well, Johnny's using all his connections. I couldn't find which songs he performed that night, but um, what this song is called Wild America, which I thought was appropriate for the Viper Room. Um, and it came out in 1993 on his American Caesar album. So I figured, you know, he might have played this. Who knows? Um, yeah. Had um, a Johnny Depp split up with Winona Ryder at this point? They had, hadn't they? I don't know. Well, they did That's your scissor hands in 90. I think she was with... Reality Bites was what? Mine. She was with Christian three? Slater in 89. Hold on. She's probably a Why No Forever. <laughs> uh, okay. No. They were engaged for three years, beginning in July 1990. Oh, okay. So, okay, no. So they had split at this point then. This yeah. is we're at 94 now. Oh, yeah, because obviously from 93 to 96, she was dating Soul Asylum, Dave, Dave Perna, who were touring. And you uh, won't come with me. Well, we don't need to focus on that. And also, uh, she met Johnny Depp apparently at the Great Balls of Fire premiere in uh, June 1989, so... More music relations. They're actually touring with another band. That's Jerry Lee Lewis, right? Had it. Great yeah, Balls yeah. of Fire. My dad yeah. was literally just telling me last night that when he saw him in Glasgow back in the 60s, uh, he was so just off his tits that he, he kept sort of falling asleep at the piano and or just stopping and just talking to his mates in the band and they were like, hey, we've got like loads of people here. So interesting, more drug music connections. Speaking of people who are off their tits, yeah. I saw the Lemonheads the other day, didn't we? Oh, I thought we were in denial of that. He's just quirky. He wasn't fucked. I never said he wasn't fucked. So he was absolutely fucked out of his mind. Oh. It was interesting. Well, Hannah can tell you all about it because I left and I went to Narita Palo and I'm not ashamed. It was a piano bar experience and I freaking loved it. She was so good. And actually, Hannah she made most good. of the gig yeah. anyway. I mean, two for one, thanks to Evan Pauling at night at 9.30. I just like to think that he, you know, went to went to bed with a nice nice cup of tea and one of my cupcakes. Hopefully you think that'd be like that? <laughs> I'm not writing him off. Let's not go and see him again. <laughs> Uh, oh, I just wish I'd caught him at the at the, at the roundhouse with Courtney Love. Bloody hell, that would have been just incredible. And she said she said he was fine that night. So yeah, well she yeah. would. He's like a box <laughs> of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. She probably to her he was fine. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, okay, right. I'm gonna play you a bit of Gilby Clark, who played there in July 1994, July 29th, with special guest Matt Sorum. Oh, from uh, Gina. Mm-hmm. Who features again a little bit later as well. But uh, yeah, I've never actually listened to Gilby's solo stuff, but I quite like Not this. Bad. It's pretty metallic-y, it isn't is. it? It is. Unsurprisingly. Uh, oh, that's all right. 
do you know what I'm just reading? That's interesting. More music connections, but apparently Winona Ryder was uh, dating the Helmet lead singer Paige Hamilton in the 90s. I didn't really? know that. You didn't know that one. We've talked about Helmet before, haven't we? On the, um, was it the Judgment Night? Yeah, uh, yeah. Miss that. Miss that connection. That's really random. I can't wait to do this spidergram now. I am itching. <laughs> I'm going to need one of those poster board things though, yeah? A little A4 is going to cut it this time and I need a big marker and we just go for it. No, we need to get technical with it. You need to get your IT guy on it. Just, yeah, we need like a layered one. No, like no. a hype movie, but like on steroids. I'm doing a course by oh. Christmas. This is all going to come together in our master plan. Of I thought it was a graphic design one. Can you it do is. spidergrams as well? Oh wow. Yeah. 3D ones. Yes. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa! All your horses, all right. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's uh, walk before we run. Okay, right. A bit of a contrast now. We're gonna we're gonna chill for a bit. This is one of my favourite songs ever. Oh, uh, oh! We're bringing us back to Michael Stein. We are. Did you know he also did a duet with Rain Phoenix? Oh my God! How do I not know? Michael Stipe is like really? in the mix. <gasps> oh, yeah. Gonna have to find that. I've end. got it. <gasps> Should we play it at the end? Yes. Okay. We'll play it out. Oh, Michael Swipe has done some incredible uh, duetting. He has, yeah. He's a he's a very good collaborator. Oh, Must be a generous artist beautiful. to do that. That's, he just put something out recently, star. like the first like hundred percent like eco vinyl thing or something. Like, wow. Yeah, recently. I've got that all wrong, but something very very green he did. Uh, yeah, so Kristen Hirsch played there May the 7th, 1994. Don't know what song she played, but Hips and Makers came out that year, and this is on it, so I imagine she probably did. Yeah. Um, not sure that Michael Sorry, was there, but... Oh, if he could have been there, he would have been there, I'm sure. Maybe he was just stuck in Georgia or on tour or something like that. Is this where he comes in? It's just a fun. You know, I was getting the sisters of, 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 of River Phoenix mixed up. In my head, Rain and Summer were the same person. Isn't there a Liberty as well? And there's a Liberty as well, though I don't really know anything about her. Oh, just listen to this bit for a moment. You can do that in your own time, thanks, Rain. Oh. <laughs> Gives me goosebumps this time. All right. Um, okay, I also don't know what they played that night, but going by what was out at the time. We're really, really gonna change tack here. <laughs> of course, we've we've spoken about them before. But yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, well, we talked about John already, but we're, we're, we're in 1994 still, May the 30th, 1994. Um, you know, they could have played some songs off One Hot Minute, I don't know, but I mean, Blood Sugar was definitely out. So uh, why not play a bit of Funky Marks, I thought. This was apparently Dave Navarro's first show with the band. 94, really? Apparently. I mean, I'm taking all of this information off Setlist FM, so I'll caveat everything with that. This could all be wrong. You know what we missed out from 93 is how River Phoenix's girlfriend, Samantha Mathis, and him got together. Go on then. A country music film called The Thing Called Love, which is actually one of my favourite movies. It's so good. And they do a duet in it. And there's no recording of it, but you can watch it on, on YouTube. And um, blame it on your heart. And it's really good and it's a great movie. It's so entertaining. And they're both really, really good singers. And he obviously plays guitar as well and he's an amazing guitarist. Um, but that's how they how they met. And um, 
at the end, Samantha Mathis sings this gorgeous song called God, God's a Woman. And it's just her and a guitar and it's beautiful. But it's been covered by uh, Lola Kirk, who's the sister of Jemima, who was uh, Jessa in HBO Girls, which you might know if you ever bothered Sorry, to I crack the DVD case. And, um, and that they are both daughters of rock and roll drummer, I think, Simon Kirk of Bad Company. Oh. More rock and roll. Good info. Uh, anything else? Not now. <laughs> I probably lost uh, okay. the chunks of it, but carry on. All right. Well, another another mellower one here. Do you recognise this lot? Yes, I know this. Uh, the only thing is, I want to sing it, and that's bad for everyone. <laughs> the okay. Same line as one of me. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. Sixth oh, Avenue yeah. heartache. That guy whose dad is the guy. The, the, Bob Dylan. The guy. That guy. The guy. I don't know. Is his dad Bob Dylan? I don't know. Is I know my cousin used to love this band, The Wallflowers. Yeah. Isn't it Jacob Dylan? Oh, I don't know. Am I getting my bands mixed up? I actually. I don't no, know. I have to check because I'm not actually. Right, they played on September the sixth, fifteenth, nineteen ninety-four. There's two bands, and I get them confused. The Bob Dylan son, and then this other guy who looks kind of like him. What are they? What are they called again? The wallflowers. Wallflowers, not wildflowers, okay. I apologise if I've got that wrong. This is the only song I know of. Yes, it is Jacob Dylan. Son of... The Bob Dylan. The Bob! He's quite handsome as well. Well, that might have been in the 90s. Oh no, it's 2012! Looking good, Jacob! You got (laughs) it! Do you know, Inhaler came on the radio yesterday, and my husband and I... We're both like, I mean, j- just God feel sorry for the guy, because that's like Bono's son, isn't it? Is the inhaler oh, guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. It's, I guess it's the same for this guy as well. It's like you're always just going to, like, you know, be in your father's shadow. Yeah, although it says past members of this band, Jack Irons. Really? It's connection to. Okay. Well, see, Chili Peppers, Chili Peppers f- feature all over this, all over this place. They're, yeah, the sweat is ingrained. I do love this song. Floors of the Viperim. It's just that when I hear the first bars, I think it's Tom Petty, because it's so Tom Petty. Tom Petty could have sung this, don't you think? Oh yeah, yeah, very Petty-esque. Um, more than his own dad, he sounds more like Tom, <laughs> Tom Petty's son. Did anyone check the DNA on that one? <laughs> okay, um, so River Phoenix wasn't wasn't the only one to uh, to overindulge at the Viper Rooms. Um, early 1995. Sorry, not sorry here, Lily. Mm. I'm gonna play you. <gasps> Wait, you didn't yeah. cover... I can't believe well, this. We talked about Kylie already. Wait, I was gonna say, is that what you're about to talk about? Because I was like, what? Wait, you haven't mentioned Jay Donovan. <laughs> Shelly, for <are> you? <laughs> So yes, so gross. that bad boy, Jason Donovan. You know, now I'm trying to think, I saw Bad him. boy. Bad well, He was trying. Words, he was Bad trying. boy. So Jason Donovan had a coke-induced seizure. Seizure? I can't say that word. Seizure. Oh, yeah. In a seizure. way, that's just funny. And Like, the idea well, of Jason Donovan funny. doing cocaine is... Well, that's the thing. So, so he, in his own words, bless him, he said in his autobiography, 
that came out many years later. He said, I tried to party with the big boys, tried to be so very rock and roll, but all I'd done was make a complete fucking idiot of myself. Who was I trying to fool? There was nothing rock and roll about me. I was a little kid from Melbourne, the boy from Neighbours, Jason Donovan with his cheesy hits and his teen fans, Joseph with his Technicolor dream coat. I just ruined what was possibly one of the greatest nights of my life. And what for? Drugs. It was pathetic. I'm His sorry. own words, bless him. I just had to laugh like Warren from Empire Records. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing that he's even saying exactly what you would think. I know. Perfect. So there you go, you got to love him for that. My God, <laughs> how I loved Jason Donovan. Maybe like... 10 out of 10 for self-awareness. So 95. Yeah, 95 I definitely did not love him anymore. But say like, rewind five years, I was obsessed with Jason Donovan and you know all about my Jason Donovan hat that I bought from Burton's. How did you know Head High Street. that I was just about to ask, was he wearing that hat? He At the time. I don't, no, the I think he probably ditched the hat. That probably wasn't. Yeah, no, that's not a bad boy hat. Is this before J- Jason and the Technicolor Dream Yeah. Uh, no, I mean he ref- oh. I reckon it's probably I don't know. Did he hit the skins after. after I think it was after, or maybe during. I don't know. <laughs> but I saw him many years later when oh. I was at university. Uh, when I was a student officer at university, they had this um, like we'd have like a US convention or something. Was all the sabbatical officers from the different universities would, you know, have. Uh, things and there'd be some entertainment at the end and Jason Donovan was the entertainment <laughs> one of those nights it was like proper like you know what oh, cheesy stop. stars from the 80s can we get and it was it was sad oh it's so because no one was paying attention either it was it was it was sad but it's his him. dad like quite famous that's his dad isn't it what Donovan 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 no <laughs> I don't think so Terence I don't know you yeah. know a lot about people's dads I don't know isn't Terence Donovan. Okay. No, now Don- I'm questioning Donovan. myself. I'm I'm struggling to keep up with my own. Yeah, isn't his dad in like? Yeah, he was in Neighbours too. Was he? Was he not? Yeah, well, his dad. His Jim. dad in Neighbours was Jim. But were they related in real life? Jim the Flying Doctor, Jim. I thought it was. Am I no. losing it? Am I losing my mind? I don't know. I'm really confused. You could, because I have no idea. Subsequently, he's popped up in loads of Hollywood movies, and he always plays like a right bastard. He was in the point that And he right? plays American as well. He's yeah. like got an American accent. Is that his actual dad? I'm looking. I maybe I'm maybe I've just potentially gone off on a massive tangent that isn't even true. No! Yes, he was in Neighbours. And then he's been in like loads of rando stuff, which Oh my gosh, you've just blown my little mind. I had no idea they were father and son in real life. I'm trying to find something that you might know that he's been in recently. I feel like every now and again, I'm like, wait, it's that guy again. Like, he's really actually, he's sort of crossed over. Bit like Guy Pearce. Quite well. But now I'm looking at it and I can't see anything. Guy Pearce made it big, didn't he, in Hollywood? Maybe I'm making up the the thing about Okay, well, why don't you find that? This is... uh... It felt true when I said it. (laughs) It is now. I'm really disappointed. Apparently, he was in Heartbreak High and Home and oh, Away as well. And the Flying Doctors. Watched, yeah, I remember in the Flying Doctors. Home and Away, I never. I was only allowed to watch one terrible Australian TV soap at a time, so I never watched Home and Away. Oh, no but way. My in laws were obsessed. In fact, may still be obsessed with it. No, it says Doug Willis. I'm so sorry. I am thinking of the guy who played Jim in Neighbours who went to Hollywood. But. But he's not related to Jason Donovan. Not that guy. Oh. But Terence Donovan was in Neighbours and Home and Away and Heartbreak High. And it is Jason Donovan's dad. He played Doug. Doug. Doug Willis. 
Doug Williams. Oh my God, was that, that was he married to Daphne? I think so. Yeah, that rings a bell. I don't know. I've got some wires crossed there. I can but picture I'm, Doug I'm, Willis' I'm, face. I'm generally telling He's the truth. <laughs> oh my gosh, we need to do a um, a neighbour's family tree. All right, we really have gone off on a tangent now. Okay, I'm going to bring it back. So this is... Um, uh, Doug's well old. There you go. There's Doug Willis. Oh. Oh no, he's that's not, not who I thought it was. I, I know he's not who I was thinking either. Oh. And I'm trying to find his... His wife was Pam. I, I never thought oh, that when we... Oh, son Brad Willis. Wasn't he like oh, kind Brad of... Oh, Brad Willis, the surfer dude with the hair and the smoothies. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. With a weird was... jaw. Oh, I loved him. Yes. And Gabby. Wasn't he Henry's Daughter brother? Gabby Willis. Hen... I don't remember Gabby. Do I remember Gabby? No. Wasn't Brad Henry's brother? Henry Craven Cochran, who also had a, a brief start, but, you know, pop, no. pop career. Well, no, it says Brad Willis, John Willis, and Adam Willis. <sighs> no. I oh, you're not Brad. thinking... No, no, no. Brad Willis is that guy. What? This is very, very... That's, no, you that's a different actor. I'm kidding. I mean, that's not Brad Willis. I, Brad, I, Brad was blonde. I am. Like and surfing. that's Gabby. You recognise her, do, don't really you? But this is... Yeah. Wait, this is early days, isn't Okay, it? so that early was old days. Brad. Yeah, because sometimes yeah. the neighbours, people will go away <gasps> yes. and they bring back people who look oh, you might be right. completely different. Yeah, you might be right. That might have been what happened. Yeah, definitely. Or find me a picture God, of Brad. Proper in, ogle. We're proper in the weeds about this neighbours <laughs> thing and you just played music and I have no idea what it was. Well, what I, was yeah, it? I've, uh, okay. Was June Carter or something. It was Rose Maddox. Uh, that was moving on over by Mo, Ro, Rose Maddox who played uh, on May 10th, 1995 and then very sadly died three years later in 1998. But some cool, like, surf rock from her. Uh, now, this is, oh, this is my 15th birthday, this lot played, May the 24th, 1995. This lot are Circle Jerks. Now, do you remember, we talked yes. about them not that long ago. For having, like, one of the best names, um, names ever. Yeah, but also, because, so they, they were a, a punk band formed in the 17th, well, 1979, uh, in LA, founded by former Black Flag vocalist Keith Morris, and Red Cross guitarist Greg Hetson, and that's why we've talked about them before, because I talked about Red Cross yes. in our Phoenix Festival. Indeed, episode. you did. Indeed, you did. No, that's still not bad. Yes, it is. What? He took over the role of Brad Willis. He's this guy's hair, then. Scott Michelson. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you like a blonde, don't you? <laughs> Was he playing Heartbreak High? I don't know, but no. yeah. Oh, that. Oh, yes. Sorry, I'm showing yeah. Hannah pictures oh of Scott Michelson. Gosh. And that, I have not seen Eddie Vedder in a top like that <laughs> It's very 70s. <sighs> okay, let, let, let me make another sweeping promise that I probably won't keep. Please do. I'm going to put Scott Michelson on the Instagram and I'm I gonna really, really, you. really will. And everyone's going to be like, what has that got to do with the Viper Room? I'm, I'm writing, I'm writing it down now. right now. I can't even remember Scott what that Michelson. has to do with the Jason Donovan. Yes, Jason Donovan. Neighbours. So, oh, that, 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 was, that was a short one. That was Live Fast, Die Young. Uh, by Circle Jerks off their album Group Sex that came out in 1980. I know this, what you're going to tell of me. Of course. But go ahead, tell everyone else. <laughs> and we're going to see them next Friday, oh, aren't we? Yeah. So, 1995 now. Do you want to tell us who might have been working behind the bar of the Viper Room at this time? Why are you covering your mouth? Can you not I'm just realising. What's happening well, on Friday? No, I just realised that I, I, do have, I do have a problem. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, it was uh, 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 Adam, it's all about me, Doris. 
Oh my god, bless him. So, oh my god. So, you know, like ages and ages ago when they announced the tour, which was like ages ago because then it was moved again because of COVID. Yeah. And he asked on Facebook um, for, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Requests. Yeah. yeah and I, I put something, way. I put Einstein on the beach and then I tagged you. And I think you put something up late. Anyway, a couple of weeks ago, he liked, originally he liked it, and then a couple of weeks ago he went back and he liked it again. From a different account. It, from a different account, that's it. And then a couple of weeks after that, he then liked your bit, or what I tagged you. Anyway, my point is that he keeps going he's back obsessed with to us. that page. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like he's got nothing better to do. He keeps going back to his... Oh, bless him. So he better bloody play our request Listen, now anyway. We've learned, we've learned one thing, and that is... Adam obviously doesn't listen to our podcast because if he had, I really don't think he would have been liking us too much. And if you haven't listened to it, please go back in time to the Counting Crows where Hannah takes one album, I take the other, and we accidentally roast him like we did to Cooler Shaker, which but is Kate Cooler Shaker, if you want to hear a roast. Having well. said that, we do still love Counting Crows. And I, obviously, I, I mean, I'm going to be seeing them on Friday. I, I don't know what you're going to tell me after this. Well, my but... kids might be there, is what I'm trying to tell you. Because... Oh, <laughs> Uh, they can busk it. outside like River Phoenix used to do. So, um, your husband put the tickets. Is he not going then? No, I just realised that my parents are away. Oh, and right. they are my babysitters. Okay. We'll sort something out. Um, yes, so, County Crows. Oh, yeah, and the other thing I was going to say is this morning, again, Adam popped up on Facebook, uh, or Counting Crows, the Counting Crows account popped up on my feed, um, saying, look at these fantastic photos from the tour. All the photos are of him. Just Adam. It's like, where the hell is the rest Shocking. of the band? Yeah. Wow. He blatantly manages Cat Girls He's uh, he's consistent. He is. He is. But I still love him. Bless him. So um, yes, uh, he worked as a bartender in late '94, early '95 to escape newfound fame. Yeah, going to a bar famous for famous people and people going there to see famous people is just that right digger there, Adam. <laughs> Maybe he just felt a bit neglected. <laughs> So he, he has said, in, in his own words, he says, uh, oh no, that wasn't the bit. No, so I was listening to an excerpt of a uh, podcast that I'm not even going to name, and I wasn't listening to that podcast. It was some other one that had taken the excerpt <laughs> out of it. Um, but yeah, he was saying that, um, you know, when it all got too much, like, well, I think, you know, all the, all the, all the clientele of Viper at this time were A-listers, and it was, you know, where they hung because, you know, they were in, yeah. The company, right? Yeah. So they could all feel comfortable. Um, but apparently that's where he met Jennifer Aniston because someone... Are you going to tell me you know who? Because I can't remember. No, I was just nodding like, oh, I'd forgotten that he'd gone out with half the cast of Friends. Yeah, well, so some famous person, I can't remember who, had told him that Jennifer Aniston fancied him and had also told Jennifer Aniston that she, uh, you know, vice yeah. versa. There's probably more to that story, but I think this is probably a good time to pause things. Uh, we are midway through the 90s, so let's leave it there and we can pick up from where we left off next week. Yep, that sounds like a good planner. It's going to be a, uh, an, an epic uh, an epic Viper Room tale. So if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram. That's uh, Society Owes Meogenics Podcast. Or you can find us on Twitter at SomaGXP. You can email us, podcast at gmail.com. And I know I'm missing something out. Hannah, what is it? Anchor? Uh, <laughs> anchor. Voicemails on Anchor. Yes. Yes. We, we await you. Oh, and someone, 
Someone did get back to us on the uh, plural one. You were correct. But apparently he doesn't mind if um, if people also say plural alone. So yes, I did. I did there you go. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, guys. You're always helping us out. So um, see you back here next time, this week, next week, this time. Yeah? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Something dear. like that. Until next time. Bye-bye.